0: Welcome to the Life of a Gentleman podcast, the number one podcast that motivates you to be your best with conversations about business, fashion, and living the gentleman's lifestyle. We interview the hottest influencers, content creators, and business owners, so you get the inside story. We'll also discuss entrepreneurship and inspire you to chase after your dreams. Whether you're looking to advance your career, increase your style, or just discover the best new products, you're in the right place. And ladies, we know you're listening. This show isn't just for the fellas. It's about living your best life. And now, here's your host, award-winning author, entrepreneur, and modern-day journalist. Gentleman, Richard Taylor. Hey Rich, let's start the show.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of The Life of a Gentleman podcast. So glad you're here and today, especially if you're an entrepreneur, you are in for an amazing treat because we will be talking with two successful gentlemen. Now the first guy that we'll bring to the show He has had tremendous success in the world of business. So, you are going to get the opportunity to learn from somebody that has really thrived in entrepreneurship on so many different levels. And he has an amazing story. He actually sold his business for over $6 million and then started another business where he's partnered with Damon John from Shark Tank. And he didn't do it the traditional way by going on the show. You're going to find out exactly how this happened and how you, too, can make these kind of partnerships work in your favor if you think outside the box. And then we'll have Eduardo Xavier back on. He is a tailor from Salt Lake City, Utah, who has his own shop. And he's going to talk to us about starting your business on the side and growing it in a real strategic and professional way. If you love entrepreneurship, as I mentioned, and I know a lot of you do, this is the place to be. If you love talking about fashion, we're going to touch on that as well. And also, we are going to have some motivation and inspiration, things that you can do that will drive your business or your idea forward or give you the push to get into entrepreneurship. And if you're looking for that and you're looking to be around people who are like-minded, thinking like you, that have a larger vision for themselves, we've created a mastermind group where we get together, share ideas, push each other, and you have access to ask me business questions and get them answered as well. If you're interested in that, shoot me a direct message at the thelifeofagent.com on Instagram or at Gentlemen's Podcast on Instagram. I'll be more than happy to explain to you how that works. But without any further delay, let's get into this amazing interview with Mike Watts coming up right now.
0: Now, it's time for the Entrepreneur Spotlight. Real professionals, real business owners, and entrepreneurs drop in and drop jewels on us. Looking to learn from others that have done it? Ready to get your business really rolling? Sit back and buckle up. Our experts are ready
1: to inspire. Let's go. Hey, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Life of a Gentleman podcast. And today we have a great guest for you who is, somebody who's done really amazing things in the world of business and this is somebody you're going to want to pay really close attention to because he has achieved a high level of success and he's also made some partnerships with a household name that you'll recognize and we'll get to that in just a minute but i'd love to welcome to the show mike watts from love handle he is the founder of love handle welcome to the show
2: thank you so much taylor it's a real honor to be on here with you and all the gentlemen that are
1: listening. Oh, definitely. Glad we could connect and have you come on because as I mentioned, you're the founder of Love Handle. But before we go there, I guess we'll back up just a tiny bit and let people know how you got started with entrepreneurship because you've been at it for a while. And so you're very seasoned and you can give us a lot of insight just by hearing your story. So when did you get started and what was your first product?
2: Well, great. Um, So I've been a I've been a full-time entrepreneur now for uh, 14 years, this spring, and <clears throat> made my successful escape from corporate America. Uh, coming out of college, I worked the traditional 9-to-5 job, had me a beautiful cubicle in downtown Houston, and you know, got my 3% raise every year, and it drove me crazy. I hated it. Uh, so I always knew I would find my way to break out of there at some point, wasn't sure how I'd do it. Uh, I started to come up with extra money on the weekends. I was working trade shows, uh, selling anything I could thought I could buy at wholesale and turn around and retail to the to the buying public. And I did that for a few years and grew that those little side hustles into something that was generating a decent amount of income. And uh when I ran across my first big product, I knew it was a winner. It's called the called the Pivot Trim. That's what we called it, but um uh, it was an aftermarket trimmer head. Um, it really solved a problem for people. and Everybody was cutting the grass on the weekends. And this was a product that you could replace the head on your trimmer and you didn't have to fight with lining the line on and feeding it out. It never really worked right. And this was an invention that would fix that problem. And I was like, that's it. That's the one I've been looking for. So I founded our first company, left corporate America, resigned my job, and invested at all and we grew that company uh, me and my father over the span of five years to the number one selling we Weed Eaterhead in the world sold the company for over six million dollars and started my next startup just a couple months later um, which I still own today which is an underground tree stake for trees, I love trees and I think they ought to be uh, shouldn't use poles and wires to hold them up because it damages the tree and so I found the ladies in Embedded's uh, underground tree stake I licensed that patent from her we make that today we're changing the landscape physically the landscape of America by sticking trees underground instead of above ground and then the love handle I founded in 2014 and we are uh, we're growing quickly we have 32 full-time employees uh, we have a manufacturing facility down in suburban Houston Texas where my office and studio are And. We are changing the landscape of smartphones these days. You know, everything in the world comes with a handle on it, it seems except your phone. And so we have a patent on a universal smartphone grip that's completely customizable. It's real low-profile, comfortable. It fits on any phone or case, and you can print whatever you want. So if, you're, if you have a brand that you're trying to promote or a team or... Uh, or you just want to have you know fashionable print like some of your listeners might like to have and match some assortment then you can do that and so we make all that in-house we, we have the capability to produce up to 50,000 love handles a day uh, we make a lot of love here we always say <laughs> around, but uh, we've built the machine to, uh, to manufacture these so it's been a, a really amazing journey so we have uh, guys in assembly. We have, I have a complete, amazing graphic artist team. I have admin staff, sales staff, and uh, warehouse team, and uh, we have a show team. Um, we've got social media marketing folks, and it's just been neat to be able to, to build all that and to see it come together to what's now my biggest startup today.
1: Wow! You know, Mike, when you hear that, as somebody listening, I'm putting myself in the uh, shoes of a listener. People say, man, Mike's got it made. He He's really achieved success in this world of entrepreneurship. But as all entrepreneurs know, there had to have been some ups and downs, some bumps and bruises along the way. What are some of the things you learned? What are some of the uh, adverse conditions that you were able to overcome and stay positive while you're growing these businesses because you have had so much success? We want to learn from you.
2: Well, I appreciate that, Taylor. I and I have I, I can really I can sum it all up to say that that entrepreneurship isn't isn't really so much of an activity or a job or even a lifestyle as much as it is in my mind uh, is a mindset like it's, it's about understanding that that you're gonna be taking risks and not all risks work out or it wouldn't be a risk it would be something guaranteed and you're gonna try things and they're not going to be ready for market, or they're not going to be ready for prime time, and it's going to cause some waves. It might, you might end up with a lawsuit. Or you might end up with, you know, something breaks or whatever. But stuff like that's going to happen. And if you sit there the whole time waiting for something to be perfect, and you launch it, uh, it's probably going to be too late because time is your ultimate enemy. And so understanding that going in, when we like when we launched that weed eater head. Like the very first show we showed up at, the very first day. The show hadn't even opened yet. Uh, our number one competitor uh, walked up and said, that's my product. I invented that. And I'm going to sue you and I'm going to take that from you. Just bowed up to us, straight up. And, Whoa. you know, we spent a bunch of money with our lawyer. We were freaking out. We didn't know at the time. Um, but, you know, I, we just kept pushing forward in faith, kept doing the work. Worked with our attorney. turns out he was just posturing. He didn't really have it. He was trying to scare us off. Um, and so we were able to, you know, circumvent the whole thing. There's been, you know, product that I've brought in from China that they cut corners on. And I had to push a half a million dollars worth of product into the dump before. You know, I just spent literally five over $500,000 on it and pushed it off into the dump because they cheapened it up. I couldn't sell it. Um, so lesson learned. So I would just say that, you know, bad stuff's going to happen, but on the flip side of that, it's about how resilient can you be? Ultimately, we're all in a race, but it's not a sprint. It's more like hurdles, long distance hurdles. And you've got, you know, everybody has these obstacles coming their way. The difference happens when we all hit the hurdle and fall down. How quickly do you get back up and start running again? That Delta, that's everything. Because, the guy next to you might sit there and grovel and feel sorry for himself, and feel bad that this happened or whatever. you just immediately have the attitude, you're gonna get up, what did I learn from this, and move on quickly forward, then eventually life's gonna yield to you. Eventually things are gonna go your way if you believe in yourself, and you consistently do the work. Today I had a, so tomorrow I'm giving a speech, I, I alluded to uh, this to you, but I'm giving a speech at my alma mater about entrepreneurship, I get to be professor for a day at Texas A&M University. It's a huge honor for me, and so I've been asking successful entrepreneurs over the last couple of weeks what uh, you know, what advice would they give to young entrepreneurs or soon-to-be people considering entrepreneurship? Don't even know, like that's the whole topic of it is why should I be an entrepreneur? And my CPA gave me a, uh, an answer, was pretty funny. Earlier, he said he's like, so you can choose which
1: eighty hours of the week you work. Hmm. <laughs> Because
2: it doesn't being an entrepreneur doesn't mean you're going to work less. It's just you're working on your terms, and you're working for something that um, is wholly yours. And at that point, it doesn't feel like work anymore. It just feels like I don't know. To me, I just love it. I'm up here at the office. I'm the last one here today, but that's absolutely normal because nobody's going to outwork me.
1: That makes a lot of sense, Mike. That makes a lot of sense. We thank you for that, and and. The advice that you gave was really practical. So anybody listening, no matter where you're at with your entrepreneurship, take heed to that counsel that Mike just gave. Now, Mike, your products that you're currently working on, Love Handle, that sounds like the type of products that I would see on Shark Tank. I-, I watch Shark Tank a lot, and it seems like that'd be right up their alley. Have you ever tried to get on Shark Tank? And what was that process like?
2: Well, yeah, that was actually one of my dreams. we I've seen literally every Shark Tank episode ever produced. And we, we would religiously watch them at my house. The kids, my wife, we'd all sit down. We'd pause it after the pitch and say, you know, do we think they're gonna get a deal or not? Or this, I like this about that, or I would invest in this. And have a great chat. And so it's a bit like, you know, we homeschool our kids, so that's our entrepreneurial class, if you will. So. I, uh, I did audition for Shark Tank. We were at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, and we were um, exhibiting, but they had open-call auditions there. So I showed up to get in line for auditioning at four in the morning, and stood in line till around 10 a.m. when they finally gave me a wristband that officially said I was gonna get to audition for Shark Tank. And I was so excited. We had to come back later that afternoon to audition. We came back in there we pitched it we did a masterful pitch to the those to the producers not to the the sharks at that point we pitched it to producers they liked it they laughed they put one on their phone and i was like oh we're we're a shoe in and then we didn't hear anything for a couple weeks and then next thing you know got an email says hey congratulations you've made it through the first round of auditions now on to round two i was like Fantastic! We were super pumped. We we're like, oh, we're shoe that we're This product was made for TV. And uh, and I had it written a stated goal. Like, I tend to tell my goals to other people to hold myself accountable. Mm-hmm. And so I everybody told everybody, I'm going to be on Shark Tank. Like, everybody on Facebook knew I was going to be on Shark Tank. I wasn't on there yet, but they, they knew it. Right? So I uh, got around to the second round. We had to produce a video. It was like a 75-page application you have to fill out. But it has to be handwritten in blue ink, of all things, right? Wow. very long, about patent, about who's your competition, where's your market, what's your current sales, do you know any of the sharks? All this kind of stuff, all this background stuff. Are you in any lawsuits? You had to fill out all this stuff, make a 10 to 15 minute video, and send all that in. So we sent all that in, with a whole bunch of free product for all the producers and everything, and then didn't hear anything back, didn't hear anything back, and then finally, the phone rang. And they were calling to say, we're sorry, but you just weren't the right fit. We appreciate you applying. Try again later. And I just, like, I couldn't understand why they wouldn't want to put it as such a universal product. It's going to be great. It's going to present well. And even today, I'm not 100% sure I know why we weren't on about it. My mom always said I had a face for radio, so maybe I'm just dead <laughs> for the podcast anyway. So. Um, but all kidding aside, we uh, we auditioned that twice, didn't make it the next year we did it again and we went through the same exact process it made an even better video and a better audition but again same result and I was like man this is just not the way it's supposed to turn out but then I was monitoring my website and we're getting you know we sell on our website lovehandle.com you can buy whatever and a bunch of phone grips and I saw an order come across from uh, the shark group and I was like what is that I looked it up. If you look up shark group, that's, well, that's Damon John's company. Whoa. And he was my number one shark that I wanted to do a deal with was Damon John. So you're, you're so like, wait, wow. wait
1: a minute, Mike. You're, you're telling me that he just happened to place an order on your website and you noticed it. Uh-huh. Yep. Talk about attention to detail. All right, I got to hear the rest of the story. So how does this play out?
2: So I spotted it and I was like, this is him. And it was, uh a lady that worked for him, but he had directed her to order some for the office because he had already gotten one at a trade show and loved it. So that was a blessing and, or that or he got it on the set of Shark Tank, I'm still not sure. But he had one, ordered some for the office and so then I start sending to their office all kinds of my very best designs, some that say the Shark Group, you know, I got his new book, I'm printing his new book logo on it, sending all that stuff on the regular making sure they're well supplied. About three months later, a phone rang, and it's uh, a phone named Ted, and Ted's Damon's president of Shark Group. And he said, man, you really impressed Damon, you've impressed everybody around here. Um, We sit around Shark Tank all day long, and we watch all these pitches, and none of the products can hold a candle to your product. You know, we should really work something out, I think we can help you. I said, okay, well, you know, here's, and I was already, had. I was like, okay, here's my chance, you know, like, I've got my, I've got my valuation, because that's what you need, right, you need your valuation, right. and how much you're going to offer, and I said, hey, this is my valuation, and this is, I can offer, you know, 10% for this amount of money, he goes, well, no, you know, it's not really what we're looking for, we're not, we're not trying to, to invest cash, we have more to offer than cash, I'm like, well, if you, I got a million dollars invested at this point, if you ain't going to, you know, only have some money, then, you know. I love you, but this is not gonna work out, and that we parted ways. And uh, about three months later, the phone rings again. And they're like, "Hey, Mike, we're just wondering if you reconsidered because we really think we could do some good for you." I was like, "Oh, well, tell me about how much good you could do." They're like, "Well, we think we can double your sales." Said, okay, well, how about how long was it gonna take? So we can think we can do it in two years or less by just the stuff we do. I said, "Okay." Sounds fair. So I tell you what. So you double my sales, in 24 months, I'll give you 10 percent of my company for free.
1: Mmm. Nah, you- but I want
2: to have access to your whole team. I want to access to your Rolodex. I want to get Facetime. I want to. I want to be of value to you as well as well as you being value to me. Made the deal. Simple deal. It took him six months to double our sales.
1: Oh my goodness, Mike. You serious?
2: Yeah. It blew, it blew it up. Like we got on home shopping network, we're on Good Morning America, we're on The View, uh, all over the place. So that when they keep talking about, on the Shark Tank they talk about, if you don't understand the value that a shark brings, it's real, it's totally real. Once you're in that circle, you know, that celebrity circle, or the, the circle of influence, uh, it's amazing. So, and, but I spent the whole time, like I never asked Damon for anything. Um, I mean, his team, he got, he did a couple introductions and everything, but I would constantly try to add value back to him. And this is the best advice I can give. If you got a space you want to get into and you there's a guru in there, go offer yourself for free to them. Find a way to add value back to them and ask for nothing in return. And if you keep doing that, if you keep adding value back to somebody like that, they're going to find a way to help you. It's just human nature. And that's what happened to me. And now... I mean, I I think we're close friends, Uh, Damon and I. He's a great man, and he's been an amazing partner for us and continues to help promote us, but ultimately, it's going to be so much more than that because my next career, my next product is not a product at all. It's just me, uh, Mike Watts. I'm starting my own podcast to try to, just like you are, Taylor, to get the word out and try to inspire tomorrow's leaders, you know, the guys that are going to be taking the risk, you know, when me and you are sitting in Miami Beach with our toes in the sand, the younger kids, generations are gonna be starting their startups and uh, so he's helping me getting me in the right circles. You know, we're hanging out with Grant Cardone and you know, Brad Lee. I've got access to Tim Tim Ferris and Seth Godin and all these, you know, real thought leaders in the space that I would never have access to if it hadn't been for that. I never would have made that deal with him if I hadn't been willing to communicate, be open, and flexible, and I would have never seen it if I hadn't been watching those orders, nor if I had just personally set the goal that I was going to make a deal with a shark, then I definitely would have never made a deal with a shark.
1: Mike, that story, that story is everything. There's so many takeaways, we don't even really have to get a lot of more advice or pull anything out of you because just if people go back listen to that story follow all the steps that you took and then like you said offer your services or your talents to somebody at no cost to them they will reach back and try to help you and definitely definitely uh take that to heart those that are listening but mike uh, before we go before we close out we want to wish you the best in your endeavors with the podcast. It sounds like it's going to be a success. You're heading in the the perfect direction of the right circle of people. And also, though, everybody needs to get on your website and pick up this product because if you're like me, you're tired of that cell phone slipping out of your hands. So, Mike, how, how do we get our hands on Love Handle?
2: So, yeah, so just go to lovehandle.com and... Uh, what I like the most on there is using it as a promotional tool. So if you have an event or a brand or something like that that you're trying to promote, this is the best way to start a conversation with people. And it's the best way to get your your logo in a place that's seen hundreds of times a day, which is the back of a smartphone. Um, So just go to lovehandle.com. I actually set up a coupon code. Um, So if you use the coupon code GENTS, G-E-N-T-S just like the podcast name Uh, all your listeners get 10% off on the website and uh, they can you can order one you can we have hundreds of different cute designs um, great gifts we run specials all the time but uh, we have also a larger tablet grip we have a car mount a mount for like the corner of your computer screen things like that where you can mount your phone we're trying to give it a home you know whether you're walking down the street and you're holding it like a seatbelt um, or you are, you know, at work and you want a good place to display it in case the wife texts or something. Um, we're just trying to add value back to our customers lives in that way. And I can guarantee you that if you try it, you're never going to go back. It's completely changed the way you use your phone. You just have to stop worrying about holding it. It's sort of disconnected to your finger, but, um, you know, it still works with wireless charging cause it's ultra thin. It's a really well designed item. Uh, so yeah, love on there. Me personally, um, you guys want to follow along on my little social venture, I'm at uh, at my at Mike100Watts, because my mom said I was uh, bright, so How that's my name on Insta, Mike100Watts, and so if you'll follow along there, and we'll be doing a lot, trying to add content, I'll be doing a lot of Q&As with entrepreneurs, trying to give them opportunities to, to ask their, you know, real nitty-gritty questions, and maybe I can get in there and, and offer some free advice. <laughs>
1: Mike, certainly appreciate it, guys. Give him a follow because this is somebody you want to get connected with and learn from. He's done it. And this is what a lot of us are trying to do. So, Mike, we appreciate your time. We know you're a busy man. And definitely, definitely, thank you for living up to the, ni- the name, Life of a Gentleman. Thank you so much, Mike.
2: Thank you so much, Taylor. It's been my honor.
1: And now it's time for this week's segment of The Gentleman's News. Exclusive interviews with exceptional people discussing all things gentlemen, from business to fashion to lifestyle, industry leaders, authors, and more. This is The Gentleman's News. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Life of a Gentleman. I'm joined once again by my partner, Eduardo. How's it going today?
3: This is very good, very good Thank you once again uh, uh,
1: Thank you for welcoming me And yeah, looking forward for another episode Yeah, you know, we've been having some really good discussions we talked about fashion We've talked about business And, you know, a, l- a little bit um, Something that got missed every once in a while Is we combine the two And we talk about fashion and entrepreneurship because you've really grown your business as a custom clothier and there's a lot of people out there i've been coming across on instagram that saying that they have a custom clothier business but they're at the beginning stages they really don't know how to grow it and so since you've been there you can kind of take us the journey, walk us through some of the steps you did to get really successful with it because you have a storefront and everything like that. People can come and you have a beautiful space where people can relax and enjoy and you can kind of entertain as you uh, serve them as your clientele. So take take us back a little bit and, and let us know, how does one get there when they're just starting off on this journey?
3: Yeah, good point. Uh, great question. It's actually it's a it's a deep a deep subject. Um, I do see a lot of people like that as well. You know, starting out and uh, you know they're doing their best. Some people don't don't know exactly where to go, what where, where to tackle. My my first first thing is number one is you know whatever you gonna do and how you starting anything and if it's a custom clothing business whatever you know don't go don't chase the money before you chase your passion that's number one i have to admit that uh, if you are only chasing the money you know it's it's honestly it's not gonna it's not gonna work for you for a long time so you know you need to get it rewards as you go and the only way to get rewards as you go you know, you can make a transaction anywhere, anytime, but you know if, mm-hmm. if someone touched your heart, I think that's like anything, you know, you, we, I'm sure we can talk about love uh, and and I can really go deep into that subject and I think what changed my life is when uh, the call was to help others and, and, and that that, that that people that person that I helped helped me in terms of uh, achieving something that I really want. I probably I'm one of those guys that I believe that I'm I'm a giver uh, and I like to give a lot. So let, let's let's go into the, the, the business side of things. When I first started, yes, um, I saw I saw a business opportunity uh, and within the menswear or even the personal shopping uh, uh, aspect of, of everything that i was dealing with at, the, at that time uh, i was a good dresser at that time and i saw a lot of people asking me where you buy your things and uh, how can i dress as good as you and all that so uh, at that point i sort of saw that i couldn't make that as a business so my first approach was to to see if I could, uh, you know, start like any others. Like, how can I start it? And I, you know, made sure that I, I could help a person. So number one was helping someone. Okay, so from that to the point that I'm at, I am at the moment. It's it has been a long journey. It has been 12 years. And and what really changed uh, uh, was the the my vision. Um, I was not thinking small, I was thinking bigger, bigger than me at that time probably. Uh, and, and, and then I, I sort of try, I tried to uh, associate or be uh, uh, among people that have already been success, successful in many other businesses. doesn't mean to be in the same sort of um, uh, business uh, uh, field. So, I was around many people, I was doing dinners and, and getting motivated dinners and, and, and getting together and networking and, and all that, getting uh, uh, around people that are successful. I think that's number one, number one uh, for you to be motivated in whatever, whatever whatever you are doing. So, and from that, of course, my vision became more clear that I was not as good as I was I thought so for those reasons i did a lot of research before i actually started digging into do business with the unknown uh, and, and so i did a lot of research in the menswear industry i actually took about three years to uh, study tailoring and, and and probably i didn't get a, didn't get paid for about 10 months i didn't get any sort of pay and i was working with, with tailors uh, um, well I was basically learning with him um, and and as well um, I was a personal shopper at that time which helped me a lot so uh, I tried to find a, 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 a work position uh, that could help to my dream to feed that dream so I did that I was working for the David Jones which is one of the uh, oldest department stores in the world they look they they're based in, in Australia uh, and, and that helped me in. Uh, in in, for the long journey let's say of course things changed when i had my first um, showroom i had a shared showroom and that's what i probably i i uh, recommend someone that's starting to to try to get a showroom not only an entrepreneurial room or, or, or uh any show It can be along uh, um, among people on the wedding industry or on the corporate industry people that really need food for or, or, or something for f- uh, 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 along the lines of what you are doing i think that's the best if you are in the in, in, in the in the food industry gets some someone that sharing you are sharing the the showroom with somebody in the same in the same field as you, so that that's probably what
1: I recommend. Then, Diego. Yeah, no, no, that's a great point. That's a great point. I wanted to s- just jump in there because what you mentioned with sharing a showroom, that's a brilliant idea because it's so much better than a lot of people will. Uh, Say let's meet at Starbucks Or let's meet at a coffee shop And and do the measurements And then the client's a little uncomfortable Um, You know myself personally I don't want to be measured in public like that And with everybody wondering What's going on and this guy's pulling out a measuring Tape and things like that Um, Actually I was in Chicago This summer And I was at a shoe store And somebody did exactly what you said They had a shared space in a men's shoe store and they were doing custom clothing and so it made perfect sense for them to just rent out a little bit of the space you already have clientele potential clientele coming through and so that's one way that you can advance your business and make it look a little more professional but then the other point that you mentioned is you got schooling you got training and a lot of times people just find a distributor and then they're up and running but they really don't have the know-how and the the background information to really make sure that they can deliver on what the client wants so uh, those those were important points that i just wanted to bring out and kind of tip my hat to you because those were really really outstanding
3: yeah i i I do think um what makes me different from anyone else here in, in in Utah, Salt Lake City? It's exactly that. And if you are if you are starting a business, think think something. That, think that you are doing something different than others. Don't try to copy others. Otherwise, you don't have a, a point of reference, a point of sale reference. Let's say why you are better than than anyone else, where everyone is making suits in the same factory. Let's say. Uh, so I, I think that. That is something that you should invest uh, in. in, in uh, uh, it's, it's an investment to yourself, basically. It's not even an investment to to, to the business itself. Imagine if that business is not is not successful. You have that that skill, and you can work for someone else, you know, to pay your bills, basically. So I think that it's, it, it, it has been it helped me a lot um, to go through, you know, the, the difficult times and, and 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 you know, in my. In my perspective, I think that a lot of people think that a uh, uh, clothier is just someone that is just looking at fabrics and, and ticking boxes. And I don't want it to be that guy ticking boxes. I want it to be the guy that knows how to fix problems and resolve them and deliver uh, a service that is responsible is well respectful and above the average above the average we have to be above the average if you want to be just another one you're gonna be just another one you know what i mean so i think that if you if you if you put that time that effort and even sometimes yes you need to spend some money but you invest in yourself and get that 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 knowledge uh, you know, instead of being sitting in the couch looking at TV, sitting in the couch looking at at, at a, a, a ebook, read an ebook, or uh, uh, go on YouTube. There's plenty of of information out there, good and bad. Just find the best of all that. And again, in my in my case, I found that my best information comes from the hundred years of tailoring. If you understand that for a custom Claudia, you start to understand a lot of things and the problems that you might jump into and and, and the tailoring issues that you might have from the factory that manufactured your suit you need to fix and relieve your suit and and, and, and you are responsible for that sale for that fitting for that uh, end product uh, and you should not blame anyone uh, uh, only you And you are the one That's going to fix those problems So uh, I just went a little bit uh, Back to To what you were saying Just to, to Finish that what, what you What you mentioned And I think Investment
1: is very important Yeah you're You're right And in saying it, Invest in yourself That's the best investment We always can make And And that's a great point as well The other thing I'm thinking about Is Just popped into my mind Is I did an IG live The other day And I talked about My Personal growth as a business owner, and how I started off just working from home. And then somebody asked a question about if they needed to have an office space for their business. And I was letting them know you can start uh, where you are with what you have, but at a certain point, you have to invest in your business and and I invested into office space. And as you mentioned, you uh, you have a storefront, you have a shop front where people can come in and relax. And what was that like? Was that a scary step? Because there's a lot of people that haven't taken that step that may be listening, they're, they're thinking, mm, I don't know if I'm ready to invest in you know paying rent somewhere or being on a, a busy thoroughfare downtown, but what was that process like for you?
3: So again, and it goes back to what I just said if you, Eddie, if you invest in yourself And if you have that differentiation to the other guys And anyone else around you And if you are confident that you have the knowledge To whatever it comes in your way I think you're gonna see it that that is small investment uh, of a small office for starters, it's actually it's not an invest, It's not actually a, a, a problem. It will be again an investment in and a, a, a great add on to your to your ability to deliver the service and the product. So I think people should should think um, uh, that on the long run, that you are doing something for future, and, and, and if they, every step they do, if they think about quality, if they think about uh, uh, longevity, if they think about uh, doing the best they can, uh, they will understand that having a space to receive the client uh, will be the best approach compared to the competition or compared to that. that yourself when you started uh, and and, and see that that, that it's actually a value asset to to your entire career
1: yeah i think you're exactly right because once you have that physical space i think you know the consumer's mindset becomes more of such that oh this guy is very legitimate As opposed to, as we mentioned, meeting at different places and and measuring people in public or even going to their home. Sometimes people don't know you on that level and they don't want you in their home invading their personal space. So I think what you mentioned is just taking the steps at, at each point. And I think you'll know when you get there, but it's nice to see the benefits that come with the growth when you take a chance.
3: No, hundred percent, hundred percent. He's he's a completely. Uh, and I, I, again, if you are doing that 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 sort of uh, turn, that that change in your life, you know, your your mindset you completely change. You know, and if you didn't change until then, you're definitely going to change. Uh, at that at that point um you know even i give an example you know i i I was not based here uh, as you know i'm i'm from portugal um i i started my first business in australia melbourne australia um and 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 as i said i was i shared a showroom, uh and then i i had a shop um and then for, for some uh other circumstances i i moved i moved to to utah um, and and when i first moved here and you know i didn't want to to jump into into a, a shop right away but at the same time i didn't want to to be a professional and do the 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 the, the let's say as you mentioned Starbucks measurement situation so I wanted to make sure if I was when I was ready I was doing the right thing and and, and create uh, a more uh, a Aligned Approach To my brand And who I am And, and you know it's just, I put myself In in, 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 a, in, a, in a client's Shoes And see Is that exactly How, how I want it to be measured? Is that exactly how, how it should be No it should not be like that Unless it's a friend Or a family member That's no problem at all But uh, a clientele When it comes To my experience And, and, and the experience That I want to give To my clients Is about exactly That word The experience I want them to feel that They are special. I even invest in to, for them. I invest in, in, in suits, in, 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 in trial, trial uh, garments for them to try. The suits. I invest in the space, and you know, all everything, the ambience. It's it's all here in, in, in my in my location. People come in. You know, it's just not about you know, just uh, look at some fabrics and uh, let's go and let uh, me and take your credit cards. I didn't want to create that. I wanted to create you know, something different, and as well, it's, it's, it's a taste of Europe that I wanted to bring. To To Salt Lake City, and you know, back in 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 in, even in in, in the the twenties, in here in in the the U.S., a lot of people was was was. uh uh, was creating clothes with tailors, sitting down and look at the fabrics and then, you know, take some measurements and all that. And, and, and that was the approach that I wanted to bring to Salt Lake City. The real, the real customer service that most of us are losing and you know, are feeling that we are losing to the department stores and the off-the-rack uh, industry.
1: Yeah, that's perfect. Sounds like a great experience. And, and thank you for taking us through the different... Um, levels of your business over the years, the past 12 years, and definitely looking forward to what you come up with in the future. But hey, at this time, I would love for you to let people know how they can get in touch with you and ask you questions, because I know you're very responsive on social media. And so if, if people want to learn more, how can they do that?
3: Yeah, no problem. Thanks once again, uh, Rich, and uh, this is a pleasure to be to be part of your podcast. And as well, it is a pleasure daily for you to reach out to my social media channels. And the most uh, responsive one will be your uh, Instagram. And my Instagram is Eduardo Xavier underscore El Stylist. And you can find a lot of tips daily and weekly videos. And uh, I think uh, you know I'm here for the journey i'm here for the long time and i've been in the english for the last 12 years and i really want to make a, a comeback of the gentleman as you are rich thank you so much
1: that's going to do it for this edition of The Life of a Gentleman podcast. Truly hope you guys enjoyed the show today. I know I did. There were so many takeaways, so many things I could learn, and I definitely took notes. Learning from somebody that's in the position of Mike Watts that is just a blessing because he brings so much knowledge. He's done the things that most of us want to do. He's achieved more than a lot of us even have dreamed of. And He makes you feel like you can do the exact same thing. And you know what, guys? You really can do the exact same thing. Just keep pushing, just keep believing, and go after your dreams the same way Mike did. Also, special thank you to Eduardo for coming on and talking to us as well. A lot of great gems there also. And what I'd love for you to do is subscribe to the podcast and also leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. Takes just a second of your time. And what it will do will help us to reach more people that think like us with this information. And in return, you'll also be spreading positive vibes and putting that out there. So we really appreciate it. We really appreciate you tuning into the podcast. Look for another episode next week with another great set of entrepreneurs talking about business, talking about how to grow your business to the next level, and maybe getting you to think just a little bit outside of your comfort zone. Because as we say on The Life of a Gentleman, life begins at the end of your comfort zone. So let's get out there. Let's get after it. Let's make it happen. Until next time, take care.